Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how are you today? Hey, Alan. I am good, man. It's getting warmer outside. I'm in a good mood, and I am ready to tackle the possum. Literally tackle the possum, like Andy did. Well, I I don't I haven't read this story yet, so I don't oh, know. Oh, you haven't? No. I'll send you the transcript. It's, oh, it's thank delightful. You. <laughs> Well, as you mentioned, Mark, this episode is The Possum, which is from season two, episode 18. It first aired on March 11th of 2010. So, you know, not that long ago, just a couple of years. (laughs) Can you believe it? We're old. Yeah, I know. Well, we're we're in episode 18 here of season two. We've uh, a little bit of a spoiler. We've we've got, what, uh, six episodes to go and then we're done with season two. I know. I can't believe it. We're, We're just rocketing through this thing. I know. I know. It's terrific. Well, this episode was written by Mike Scully. We've talked about Mike before. He he's a he was a producer and writer on The Simpsons and uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. I think he produced like four hundred plus episodes of The Simpsons, if you can believe that. Isn't that um, incredible? I know. Um, and then like forty nine episodes of Parks and Rec. So. Yeah, as a producer. Now, as a writer, Mike Mike wrote this episode. He also wrote Ron and Tammy, and then he'll write The Comeback Kid, which I think is probably in season three. Uh, well, it's in the future. That's what I do know. Good call. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> this episode was directed by Tristan Shapiro. Uh, I think uh, you can find uh, credits there for Community, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And this is the first of four episodes directed by Tristan Tristram? Tristram. Yes, I think I said it right finally there. Easy for uh, you to say. Yeah. Uh, and they've got another episode that yet this season, which is a really funny episode called 94 Meetings. So that's coming up here in the, the, oh. the last few of this uh, season two wrap up. Oh, I remember that. Okay. That's a great one. Yeah, that is I'm a good looking, one. Yeah. Um, There's several episodes I'm looking forward to here at the end of season two. And that is definitely one of them. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Well, I think, Mark, you know, at this point, you would give us our synopsis if I'm not mistaken. And I've said it right this week. How do you feel about that? Yeah. Well, I I can tell you've been studying up a lot. You know, you don't want to, you know, come across as a, as a goofus, you know, the old highlights magazine, maybe, but not goofus. Yeah. You, you want to be a gallant. You never want to be a goofus. Take it from a goofus. (laughs) You never, you never want to be a goofus. All right. (laughs) So this episode's synopsis, thank you. Um, I, you know, I like to break it down into as many stories as possible. Couldn't mm-hmm. do it. it. It really only goes into two stories as far as I can tell. I, I, I thought you were going to argue for the third story, and I'm glad you didn't. I know. I'm glad me didn't, too, because I, 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 it's a I was tempted. To, it is a throwaway. I yeah. agree. All right. So we have the A story. Um, and and I, I think I'm really funny, so I, I give things titles, whether I sure. am or not. So the, the A story... <laughs> These are so bad. I love it. The A story is titled, I want it fair way, Frank. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Keep it down. Keep it down. I know. Oh, my God. That's so bad. <laughs> okay. I see what you did there. I do. I, I really do. I, I, fa- I failed miserably. I know. I recommend so, you don't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> it looks great out. You should leave it out. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Okay. So the A story, uh, I want it very well. Uh, when Mayor Gunderson's dog, Rufus, we all love Rufus. We all know it, Rufus. It, it, he's so great. He, he, Rufus is bitten, Alan, by the infamous possum, Fairway yeah. Frank, at yeah. Pawnee Municipal Golf Course. Well, when this happens, Mayoral Representative Evelyn Rauschland 
asks Leslie to take action. So Leslie forms a task force, including two burnout animal control workers, and searches for Fairway Frank at the golf course. Well, after Andy dives on it, oh, I see what you're talking about, um, and captures it, Evelyn promises Leslie a special favor from the mayor's mm. office. However, Leslie later sees a second possum and Uh-oh. fears that they have captured the wrong animal. <clears throat> what will happen? Do they confirm Fairway Frank's identity? Will they send an innocent possum to fry? Will Andy become known as a famous possum tackler? Stay tuned and find out. Dot, dot, dot. I like it. How about your B story? Which All right. B story. I, I didn't go in for any silliness here with the title. Good. It's called How Much Wood Could a Wood Shop Shop? Very but, good. And then the title that, broke. That was actually funny. Yeah. See, that one worked. See, Aww. when you try less hard, sometimes you're actually funnier. It, it, it stings by notes because you love. Okay, so this one, the, <laughs> this one goes. Uh, Ron wants to expand his home wood shop and seeks a quick approval from Mark, who informs Ron an inspection is needed to ensure it's, it meets zoning code standards. During the inspection, Mark finds numerous code violations, frustrating Ron. Ron tries to bribe Mark with a canoe, which frustrates Mark. How will this turn out? Will Ron acknowledge his wood shop needs a tune up? Will Mark canoe his way up the Swanson River without a paddle? Who will win this standoff? Only time will tell. Dot, dot, dot. I like it. Very good. Excellent yeah. synopses. I appreciate that. Why don't we move into our Thank AKAs? Now, now, Mark, I, I get a bone to pick with you here. I feel like in, in some ways Uh-oh. you kind of, you haven't really done your AKAs because typically our AKAs come from lines of dialogue in the show. So while your crafty titles, yes. uh, except for the, I want it that way, you know, <laughs> thing, uh, which is by one of them, their boy <laughs> bands. And I can't remember which one. So sue me, but, but yeah, I mean, you've kind of done it, but you kind of haven't. How do you, how do you draw the distinction between the two? Um, I just do what I want and then let, let everything kind of fall to the wayside. Um, no, I, you know what it is, is when I come up with my titles, they don't really come from lines of dialogue. That's a good point. Whereas the AKAs, AKAs do for the most part. Although I've been trying to change my AKAs a little bit because sometimes I think to myself, you know, there's no way that NBC would put this on a, you know, a document like you know this is the name of the episode blah 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 blah, and then three lines of dialogue so i'm trying to keep it a little bit more concise for my sake and, and i think that's fair i really do well how do you how do you want to do ak's this week you want to go first uh even better i want to go first please do so you had done something that i i like you had kind of tried to do an aka from each of the stories so yeah, i've been, I've been limiting week. myself a little bit more than i had in the past so i did too so right. what i have from the uh from the A story is a place where um, Leslie has assembled her mighty, mighty uh, task force, including a couple of the animal control burnout dudes. And at one point, the mighty, mighty task force is wandering through the golf course looking for fairway rank. And apparently one of them has looped uh, uh, the little uh, animal containment uh, grabber rope thingy around the other guy's neck as they're walking and goes, stop hanging yourself. <laughs> Like, you know, one, one brother teasing another or something. You I know, like so it. that, so that's my AKA is stop, stop hanging yourself to which the other guy responds. Well, I'm going to hang yourself, which <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Those guys, uh, I can't wait to talk about them. Oh, I know. So then uh, the second one that comes from the second story, the B story, and it's where Ron 
Mark Mark is at Ron's uh, domicile and has told him, "Look, man, you got all Lord. these, uh, you know, all these things that you got to do." Yeah. And then finally, Ron just goes, "Relax, let me make you a canoe." <laughs> and and so you know, as if to say, "Look, it, it's not necessary for you to write down these violations. Uh, let me make you a canoe." Yeah, so we'll, we'll just take care of that on the side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the canoe, the canoe fixes everything. Oh, my goodness. So what do you got? All right. Well, from the A story, uh, mine was inspired by Andy, our favorite goofus, uh, outside of yourself, of yep. course. Um, <laughs> of course. He, he's kind of bragging. He's kind of reflecting. Uh, but he's also, you know, wanting to make a point about how much he isn't thinking about something. And he says, I can't oh, emphasize yeah. how little I was thinking. So I, I, that that spoke to me personally. I kind of felt like that today, as a matter of fact. I like that a lot. Yeah. And, and then and then <laughs> nicely done. Yeah, thank you. And so that's the or my official one, I suppose, from the A storyline. From the B storyline, uh, I, I I also went to Ron, and uh, I get a little worried there for a second. I thought we were going to have that thunder clash finally happen, but uh, we did not. Uh oh. Yep. We didn't. Oh, good. <laughs> Whew. And Ron's libertarian colors are flying, flying high here in this episode, which we'll, I'm sure we'll get into. Oh, yeah. But there at one point he says, are you going to tell a man that he can't fart in his own car? <laughs> My terrible Ron impression, but <laughs> doesn't matter. The words are brilliant. <laughs> the words are brilliant. Yeah, he, he, he's almost aghast that Mark would even imply that. Agreed. Take away one of your basic yeah. rights. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like that that should be its own shirt. So we really, I, you know what? One of these weeks here, we're going to take a break. We got to get at it. We're going to repeat something and then we'll get to work on the merch. Yes, I completely agree. You know, Constantine has been bugging us nonstop saying that, that you guys keep promising you're going to give me stuff to do. And yet all you do is give me more onions. And, and I'm, 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 I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm chomping at the bit. <laughs> and the onion. Well, I don't want him to get bored. We'll make sure he doesn't get bored. Yeah, 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 yeah. We we both got plenty good, to good, do, good, so good. let's give some of it to him. Well, here, Mark. Before we move into the breakdown, I'll mention a couple. We on this week's episode, we do have some guest stars. We've got Allison Becker back as Shauna Mulway Tweep. Um, we do have yep. uh, Harris Whittles, uh, actor producer of, of of Parks and Recreation, playing the part of Harris in his cohort um colton dunn who we love from superstore playing brett and uh those guys a couple a couple burnouts i i love these guys as a matter of fact it seems like the entire animal control place is a little bit uh, burnouty yeah their boss yeah i mean he's right up there with them so My guy. <laughs> I, I think I think what gave Eugene. me the first clue was when they Eugene yeah. when they went in there and said, "Hey, we need you know we need this to happen." He's like, "Okay, we'll get to it first thing Monday." Like, dude, it's Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like okay, he, I get it. It comes out of his mouth before he even knows what day it is. I think he's just used to saying it. Yeah, right. Eugene was played by Paul Racy, and then finally you mentioned Evelyn Rauschlin, who's the mayor's assistant, played by Judith Moreland. So some good guest stars this week. Yeah. 
One thing I'm going to mention about Harris, and then just because I, I we've talked about him once before, you know, super, super funny guy. Uh, unfortunately, you know, Harris was, uh, you know, he died a very young person. He died in uh, February of 2015 at age 30. I think he's one of those guys just dealing with some extra demons. But, you know, when he was around, those demons inspired a lot of funny. So, uh, you know, sorry, sorry for that. And, and he's definitely missed from what I understand the people who were in his life. But uh, very funny guy. And I think uh, this is the first appearance of, of him and uh, Colton Dunn as Harrison Brett. Yep. Yep. Well, well said. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's move into the episode breakdown then. All right. Well, let's uh, start with the cold open, which is always a very good place to start. Um, looks like this one um, went, I think, about 40 seconds or so. Yeah, and and it went the, the, the non-plot relevant route, unless I missed something. Um, so we, we see Anne... Uh, we're at City Hall and we, you know, the open area, the bullpen, and Anne's at one of the central tables just sitting there. And Tom walks out of his office and walks up to Anne and, and gives her a belated Valentine's Day gift, uh, a bag containing a teddy bear, it looks like. And sure, Anne's why like, not? What, what the heck? It's not Valentine's Day. Like, whatever. You know, just just open it. Nor do so they she, have a relationship where he should be giving her Valentine's Day gifts. No, no. And and Anne immediately, you know, she's 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 no sucker. She goes, "Hey, this teddy bear here, this is one of them their uh, nanny cam uh, bears, right?" And Tom's like, "No, Clever. just put it in your bedroom. Don't even think about it." And then you know, she she unzips the back and pulls out electronic, uh, you know, stuff and like looks at him. He's like, "Look, it's programmed to snuggle. Just just take it." And she 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 holds it up so for Tom to take back. And Donna walks up and and says, "Oh, I'll take it." And Anne tries to warn her, like Donna there's a camper in there and she looks very purposefully at Tom and goes, I know. And then walks off. I don't think Tom knows what to do. with No, that. he's a little freaked out by it. <laughs> very nice. Yeah. Donna scene. I love that. Yeah, it was a great Donna scene. There's a couple more too. So from the cold open, we move out and I think we, we bump over to Ann's house. She kind of set it up here in the cold open mentioning that, you know, she was going to be out of town. And, and I think that now we're going to kind of get a little bit of detail on that as she's giving April a tour of her house. Yeah, basically, she's giving her, you know, house sitting instructions, uh, the most important parts of which I think are, you know, please don't read my mail. And also <laughs> do not let Tom make a copy of the house keys. Um, and apparently Anne's paying April, you know, 50 bucks to house sit. And she's hoping this gesture can bring them a little bit closer. Uh, a sentiment that is apparently quickly shot down by an April talking head where she simply says, I don't like Anne. <laughs> so not going to happen. Not, not going to happen. Not going to. Wouldn't be prudent. At this juncture. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Well, from there, we move out back to the park's office. We're in Leslie's office and Ron is escorting in the aforementioned Evelyn Rauschland. Yeah. Ron escorts in Evelyn and uh, Leslie knows her. And uh, like she said, I, I dream of you. Like what? I, I'm sorry. I'm meeting you. You know, awkward. <laughs> um, and she tells Leslie, you know, this is the beginning of the Fairway Frank story. She said that we are on, the mayor was on the golf course and the dog Rufus, everyone loves Rufus. Uh, they should make a show called that. Um, <laughs> was, was bitten by a possum near the sixth hole. And by the description of this, Leslie immediately realizes this as the nefarious work of fairway Frank. Yeah. Um, 
and it, it, she, she just has a very short talking head where she's, she says, Fairway Frank is this awful possum who lives near the sixth hole of the public golf course. And he's, <laughs> I love this. She's actually number three on the park <laughs> department's most wanted pet list, which I believe is downloadable as a PDF. It um, is. Right behind, in second place, the bats who like to poop on the bell tower. And in first place, Poopy, the <laughs> raccoon who poops all over the high school cafeteria. Um, so I love it. Well, I think we should talk about this poster when we get in the fun facts. I think that'd be a good place to talk about it. But I will mention here two things. Five of the animals on the top 10 list are raccoons, which, you know, for Pawnee makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. We get a whole episode here really about a possum when, you know, we've got this raccoon infestation, but yeah, still funny. And then Leslie mentioned the, the bats, plural. But on the wanted list, it's actually just one bat named Vlad. He's their leader. <laughs> I love it. If you capture, if you, you know, you kill the, what, what's that expression? You kill the fish. No, I don't know what it is. I don't know. If not you kill the, the, the head of vampire, then the others. Don't they all just fall down? No, that's robots. Take, take See, you out for ice cream. I don't know. All these genres confuse me. I don't know. What they do. I know. I know. This scene ends, by the way, just real quick. Um, Ron suggests, well, look, it's an animal thing. Let's have animal control handle it. And both uh-huh. Evelyn and Leslie are like, uh-huh. Like they, they both <laughs> immediately say these, these guys are are burned out morons. Um, well, so she, she, she says it's not the most effective branch of our government. She's pretty polite about it. She's a politician, clearly. Yes. Yeah. She is polite and Leslie cuts a little bit more no. to the chase. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she, it's understandable why she definitely wants Leslie in charge. I think she even said you have the, uh, um, a reputation of getting things done. Yeah. So yeah, that's nice. It is nice. Well, in the next scene, we're at the shoeshine booth and April shows up. She's in clearly in a pretty good mood. She's playing around a little bit and uh, she's brought two coffees for her and Andy. Oh, it's, it's, it's so nice. Isn't that sweet? Uh, so apparently this is something that April does most days. And Andy is very, very appreciative for the coffee, um, especially because as he puts it, he has a really bad case of shoeshine head. Mm, I had that uh, today. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that. And April has an awesome um, uh, talking head that was not only a talking head, but kind of a voiceover where we see some other things, you know, happening. And yeah. she explains to the audience, Andy recently diagnosed himself with what he calls shoe shine head. And it's <laughs> when you shine too many shoes and the fumes kind of create yeah. a, a, a thunderstorm in your brain. And for this thunderstorm in the brain, the cures, the only cures known to mankind are coffee, which, you know, sure. covered yeah. uh, che- cheeseburgers, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I always said that and napping on the floor <laughs> and and as april's saying this she's kind of smiling and laughing a little bit at this last part which is really unlike her it's really unlike her but you know i i think she's genuinely amused at andy's stupidity here yes yes but not like in her typical like you know mocking no, way i think no. like she's genuinely tickled by it yeah i agree absolutely yep. agree Well, from this scene, we're in Mark's office and Ron is entering carrying what looks like a set of blueprints. Yes, um, it it looks like Ron is uncharacteristically excited, as you know, as we've said before, he doesn't tend to. He's got a little spring in his step. He does. Mark Brandanowitz and pumps the fist as he comes into Mark's office. And he says, hey, I got uh, something here, uh, an expansion to my wood shop and I need my buddy Mark. So 
Uh oh, I, I need my buddy Mark, the city planner, to sign off here. So here's a pen and go click, click, and why don't you go ahead and do it there? And Mark, very, you know, uh, stoically says, Yeah, I'm happy to help. I, I'll just, uh, to Ron's chagrin, I, I'm going to insist on scheduling an inspection and ensure there are no code violations. And I, I absolutely love this. It's, it's like time, <laughs> timing time is everything. It? Timing time is it? everything in, in comedy. It, it's it's like, it goes like this. <laughs> Mark tells Ron, no, 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 no. You're going to be fine as long as you don't have any code violations. Looks at him. You don't have any code violations, do you? Camera takes a long, uncomfortable pause on Ron's face. Camera takes a long, uncomfortable pause on Mark looking at him. Camera goes back to another long, uncomfortable pause on Ron's face again until finally, nope. Nope. <laughs> After all that time, it's just genius. It's at least 10 seconds. And you know that somebody <laughs> made the call and said, oh, that's too long. You got to cut that out. No. But, but they didn't. And it's brilliant. It's genius. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So funny. Yes. Thank you to whoever had the cojones to keep that in there. So <laughs> congratulations. Agreed. Well, you know, I, I think we've, we've, we've referred to animal control, and that's where we're going to go next in this episode. Leslie, Tom, and Andy are arriving at the animal control, which I think is, you know, probably there in town, obviously, but not at City Hall. So they have to drive over there. And uh, I think they're here to recruit some task force members. Yeah, they, they, they go in there, and it's immediately apparent that um – Animal control in general is a little burnouty, uh, you know, and, and so I, I won't even go into the details, but basically they're like, hey, we need some help. And, you know, OK, they're not here. What do you mean they're not here? I can see them behind you. And so blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so long story short, they, they want their two best guys, so to speak, um, you know, Harris and Brett yeah. as part of the task work, because I think Leslie wants them there as like filler. Like as to help, but as long yeah. as she's in charge, because I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, so they don't seem very excited to do anything. Those guys at Animal Control, but Le as a matter of fact, Leslie only gets Harris and Brett to to join them by because they're tossing a Nerf football around, I think. And so she grabs it and goes, "Hey guys, want the ball? Want the ball?" And they're like, "Oh man," <laughs> end up God. pulling her out. Um, and I I think. This goes into a very, very quick scene now where the the mighty task force is now assembled, uh, consisting yeah. of, of Leslie, Andy, Tom and um, the burnouts, Harrison, Brett. So the, it, this goes into another just very quick scene where we see the mighty task force has assembled Leslie and Tom, Harris and Brett. They're walking outside on the golf course, like walking towards the sixth hole. They're going to start looking for uh, Fairway Frank. And we see uh, Brett, uh, one of the burnouts, putting the animal trapping noose around <laughs> Harris's head while they're walking, kind of doing the thing that like brothers will do, like stop hanging yourself. Why yeah. are you hanging yourself? Yeah. Quit punching yourself. Quit, yeah, exactly. And Tom <laughs> kind of yourself. <laughs> I'm going to hang yourself. <laughs> and oh my God. I think Tom questions the quality of the crack team Leslie yeah. has put together, unless Can't you mean imagine. that literally. <laughs> the crack team. Nice. <laughs> very true Thank you. you know i i think too i think that scene ends with a quick talking head by tom talking about tiger woods and oh yeah yeah he he loves him because he was a great champion but after that sex scandal the man is a god yeah yeah oh, only tom what else only tom yeah you, you know what i liked most about harrison brett back at eugene's office hmm it was the, you know, sometimes you have to lay a really, really uh, intricate trap. You know what I mean? And clearly yep. these guys are so smart and so like, you know, 
they're they're hiding you know they they are they they aren't who Leslie thinks they are after all <laughs> so and when they says are isn't that them and you know Eugene's like no um Tom goes hey Brett <laughs> and Brett goes yeah <laughs> and Harris goes dude dude <laughs> wow so it it really oh. took some deep sleuthing to figure that one out that was uh Right, you you very nearly needed a sneakers chip to dice, <laughs> decipher what was going on. Oh my god! Yeah, sneakers late for the party. We're gonna have to do that. I only saw a third of that movie. <laughs> I know you love it though. So you're lying to me. Did you really only see a third of the no, movie? No, I only remember a third of the movie. Does that count? That's fair enough. I think that qualifies. It, it unfortunately, yeah, yes, it does. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah, so good. Yep. All right. From here, we're at Ron's wood shop, and Mark has arrived at the wood shop for this inspection that, that clearly Ron does not want to happen. Mark approaches the outside of Ron's home, and and there there's a several things that the camera kind of shows. There's a chain link fence, and there's several signs that are warning people away. So you know you get the feeling that Ron does not like a company. No. So somehow, and they didn't show how he did this because on you know chain link fence, blah blah blah. But somehow Mark gets to the actual door and knocks and enters. And Ron tells Mark he is the first uh, non-Ron person to enter this domicile in like 10 years. And Mark's Mark's looking around and can immediately tell none of Ron's woodshop is up to code. Oh, my God. Um, It lists various examples. Yeah. Hazardous chemicals and oily rags directly above a blazing fire. I mean, just (laughs) on and on and on. So Ron refutes this, saying that it's up to the swanson code well sure um and mark kind of goes come on dude you know points out several specific things including uh, at the very end he's like in an out-of-date fire extinguisher and ron's like no 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 you this is like with yogurt the date doesn't matter like you just watch this <laughs> and so he says watch out and then it just like this little dribble comes out like okay fine i'll <laughs> replace this uh so clearly has a these two issue. are disagreeing on a lot here oh i don't i <laughs> want to unhear that <laughs> El- LOL and yuck. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> Mark, I have to mention this. You know, I, I troll the deleted scenes looking for gold in them, their hills. And sometimes I find it. I found some here and right. I'm going to mention a few. So like you said, as we approach Ron's Woodshop, it's pretty clear that, you know, I think the two that made the cut, you know, that are canon, Mark, canon, get it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank There's you. not an actual mm-hmm. canon, but the two that are actually in the episode proper, one sign says no passing. Violators will be shot. Survivors will be shot again. <laughs> I like that sign. Good. I'm going to try and get a copy yep. of that. Yep. Me too. Uh, and the second one says, come back with a warrant. <laughs> so those are great. Yep. Now in the deleted scenes though, there's a longer take on this and we get to see a few more signs. So no religions, especially yours. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That one made like me laugh. Yeah. No broken down motorists. <laughs> yep. It's like, you know, because yep. he's seen Rocky Horror. He knows what happens. Uh, Absolutely. N- right. Yeah. It's, yeah. Nobody wants to have that Transylvania dance. Um, no solicitors, which, you know, pretty yep. standard. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Owner will not buy candy from ragamuffin children for any fundraising purpose. <laughs> That's that resonates with me so much, if for uh, no other reason that you don't get a lot of properly used ragamuffin anymore. You really so don't. well done. Yep. Yeah, well done. Yeah, you I need you between now and let's say December fifteenth or so to forget that scene and that sign. That way when it comes to your house, 
<laughs> custom made <laughs> just for you. Yeah, oh. you really, really do appreciate it. So thank you in advance, and I will forget. Yeah. Now the the, the brilliance of that whole scene of all the go aways is the final take. The camera tilts down after all nine of these signs and looks down, and there is a welcome mat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that I, I do remember that, and I thought that was again beyond beyond brilliant. I really kind of wish they had kept it in the show. I get yeah. why they didn't. It took up some time with the it camera kind of panning around, but yeah, it's like go away, go away. I don't want you here. Go away. <laughs> Welcome. Well, look, if it's like you said, if you made it this far without getting electrified by the fence, you've earned the welcome mat. Yeah, really, this is social Darwinism. It really is. Yeah, yeah. And then I think I think Mark's comment at all of this is he kind of says, oh, yeah, Ron is an interesting, interesting person. Yeah. 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 Interesting guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So true. So true. Well, from here, we bounce back to Pawnee Municipal and the task force is combing the long grass off the fairway, starting to look uh, for fairway flank, I believe. Yes, uh, at, at least some of them. I think some are just kind of doodling around and doing nothing, <clears throat> Tom. And, um, <laughs> you know, t- Tom is, is I think, mulling over uh, whether or not he, A, wants to learn the fine, fine sport mm-hmm. of golf, or B, just get some of those, quote, dope pants. Um, <laughs> so during this, this uh, ratcheting conversation, all of a sudden, Leslie, I think, looks over and spots, bum, bum, bum. Fairway Frank. And and she turns around and goes, Mm -hmm. oh, there he is. There he is. And so she turns around to start organizing the task force, as it were. And the camera instantly turns and shows Tom already a long, long ways away, running at top speed, yelling for golfers to get out of the way. Oh, my God. (laughs) He's not uh, he's not uh, neighbors with courage, is he? No, he's not. But he could have been a defensive end, apparently, because he is gone. He's a oh 40 yards out. That is funny. Yeah. Tom, I want you to very slowly. Then <laughs> He's just not there. He's already 40 he's yards gone. away. Yeah. yeah, he's gone. Yeah. Well, we bounce really quickly back to Ron's wood shop for a short scene with him and Mark. I think the inspection has wrapped up. Yeah, this is I, I think this is where one of my uh, 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 AKAs came from. You know, Mark yeah. is now counting all of the violations he found, 28 total. And yeah. and Ron tells it, Mark, come on, Brendan, let's relax. I, let me let me make you a canoe. <laughs> no, I don't want a canoe. I need you to fix this place up. So, you know, he says, look, you got to fix it up in the next 24 hours. Mark hands him a thick book titled. Uh, Indiana building codes and he yep. leaves and uh, Ron is very um, unhappy as you might imagine at this turn of events uh, until he takes the book and <laughs> brings it over to his saw and cuts his band it in saw. half. Yeah. His bandsaw, is that what you call that? That bandsaw there? Yeah, that's what that's called. <laughs> um, and then uh, I thought it was a jigsaw because he nearly danced no. a little jig at the end. <laughs> I like that. But he cuts the book in half and then he has one of those silly, uh. goofy Ron grins that we <laughs> very rarely get to see. It's the Ron smirk and the Tom open mouth grin. Yep. Yeah. Although it's a little toothy in this case. He he really did uh, find some pleasure in <laughs> taking that book and cutting it in half. Yep. See you, book. Yep. Well, from here, we bounce over to Pawnee Municipal again. And Leslie is co- collaborating with Harrison Brett on the best approach to, uh, you know, I, I think to get Fairway Frank now that they've found him. 
Yeah, uh, Tom has apparently temporarily resigned his place on yeah, the test he's gone. Uh, uh, force. And and we do see Leslie with the two burnouts, Harris and Brett, trying to say, okay, you know, you flank and I'll make a, a pass at this. And so she's trying to come up with a, a good play there. And all of a sudden, Andy just goes, and just starts running at the possum and screams and dives on it. We hear the possum squeak because I'd be scared to death too. Yeah, and, and probably peed himself. You know, and so Andy, he, he got him, you know, and, and Leslie closes in to see his face because, you know, Alan, you have to make an identification and, and verifies that that's fairway Frank. I can tell by the face. So whatever. And, and at this point, Andy's kind of slowly walking towards the camera, uh, whimpering now, because at first it was <laughs> like he was carrying fairway Frank. But now fairway Frank is kind of crawling around like on his neck, not yeah. attacking him or anything. He no. actually seems a little bored, but just yeah. like, oh, here's a neck. I'll just crawl on that. <laughs> He, he's he's obviously pretty used to humans, w- whether he's fairway Frank or not. Correct. I would agree yeah. with that. Well, from here, you know, I think there's a very, very brief celebration by Le- Leslie when Evelyn Rauschland shows up to, to to see the the prize of the this endeavor. Yeah. She, Evelyn congratulates Leslie. She tells her she uh, she did a great job. She also tells her that uh, they arranged for a reporter from the journal. Uh, the Pawnee Journal will be stopping by to interview and get ah. pictures of the team, or I mean, I mean, task force, according yes. to Leslie. Yes. Um, and Evelyn also gives Leslie a card uh, telling her that the next time that she needs a special favor from the mayor's office, give her a call. Now, this is all good news, and Leslie's kind of pumped about this, but as Evelyn departs, we can clearly see over Leslie's shoulder another possum. <laughs> a second, a second possum uh, walking across the golf course. And Leslie starts to have second thoughts. And she has a great talking header and she's asking herself a series of questions. Am I sure the possum we caught is fairway Frank? Yes. Am I quite sure? No. no. Am I sure enough? Maybe. If it wasn't <laughs> fairway Frank, would I fear badly? Of course. of course. Could I live with myself? That depends. <laughs> As a city official, it's important that I ask myself a lot of questions. Does doing so help me to make decisions? Uh, <laughs> uh, it's very cute. Oh, it's great. I love it. You gotta love it when we get let in on someone's inner monologue, especially when that terrific. Yes, agreed. You know, I, I think Leslie's doubt in this situation is justified. I've compared the video footage of this so-called Fairway Frank to the Fairway Frank on the poster. It is not the same possum. Look, Alan, you and the other possum conspiracists, I don't want to hear from it. All right. (laughs) There's something about a grassy meadow and a second tackler. I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Very nice. Back and to the left. All right. Well, from here, we're back at the parks department and Shauna Mulway Tweep arrives uh, to do this interview with the great Andy. Yes. Uh, Andy Radical. Um, (laughs) Um. it's like a skateboarder. Yeah, I know. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, the tweep shows up uh, asking for the interview for the Pawnee Journal. And um, Shauna ends up asking Andy uh, several interview questions with Andy, with Andy giving, you know, rather goofy answers as we might expect from him. And, and Leslie continually urging them to not refer to the caged possum as Fairway Frank, but rather as a possum. Uh, you know, just to keep it generic. Yeah. And uh, when when Shauna asks Andy what his girlfriend, the nurse, thinks, Andy mentions they broke up. And Shauna suggests, well, maybe this article will change her mind. We see Andy's eyes go wide and he oh. comments excitedly. I'd never consider that. 
April is mad. Oh who's who's sitting there, by the way, at at her desk. So she's yes. witnessing all this, and she's she gaggering him with her eyes. Oh, she just mm, her her anger is just so thick and palpable. You could spread it on waffles. Well, Mark, this this interview was so funny. What, what would you say to us playing a clip of this here? I don't think we can do it justice. Oh, I think that's a great call. All right, here we go. Let me explain something to you, Tweep. When you're in a situation, you don't have time to think. So I thought to myself, don't think, Andy. Act. So you weren't thinking. Not at all. I cannot emphasize enough how little I was thinking. Were you scared? No, no, I wasn't. Well, I... uh. I lived in the pit for the better part of last year and made some vermin friends. Um, you know what? Friends sound stupid. Colleagues. Uh, they are bad at sharing, but they are good at tag. Well, your family must be very proud. What does your girlfriend think? Uh, the nurse. Uh, I broke up with Anne. Yeah. Shortly after she kicked me out and told me we wouldn't be together anymore. Well, maybe this article will change her mind. Why not? Oh my gosh. So funny. Andy is such an idiot that uh, there's so much about that. I don't even know where to start. Uh, see, if it wasn't for the fact that he was kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of pining after Anne a little bit now and he's backsliding. Yes. I was about to say this is reminiscent of my favorite sort of Andy, just goofy and yep. fun and silly and likable. But then. And then, then. The, the while the line was funny i'm so annoyed with andy at this point i had a hard time laughing at it but you gotta at least give the writing credit of all the things i thought would bring us back together catching a possum was never on that list <laughs> weird <laughs> no one ever thinks catching a possum no. is gonna do it just lacking yeah. vision yeah i know yeah sad 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 well, from here, we're back in Mark's office, and Tom is sharing his newfound love of golf when Ron enters the office. This <laughs> Or golf clothes, I, anyway. I, I, I didn't even understand what Tom was doing. Yeah, so we see Mark. Mark's at his desk in his office, and also in Mark's office as well is, as you said, Tom. He is in some very colorful golf clothes. Yeah. He is practicing his golf club swings. Tom's just goofing off, clearly. So Ron knocks and comes in, and he makes a very pointed effort to tell Mark he understands that city codes exist. He understands why they exist. And he understands that Mark enforces them. Yeah. Mark's sure. like, okay, like, will you please sign off on my plans now? <laughs> Come on. And, I acknowledged your job and your <laughs> presence. So just a real interesting note here. Tom at this point leaves to get a banana. At first I thought Tom Tommy needs a banana. Yeah, you yeah, guys good. <laughs> At first, though, I honestly thought he was being a little bit uh, 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 sensitive to the social awkwardness and excusing himself. Like I really thought that's what he was doing here. It, it turns out that's not the case. But um, you know, I don't he, know. That's the way I interpreted it too. I think he only comes back because he cares about his dope shoes. Yeah, yeah, this stupid little pom pom. But anyway, yeah. so so. Mark, so this is the other thing that's brilliant. We talked about the brilliant silent scene before. So this is kind of like the follow up to that, in my opinion. Yeah. So he's like, please sign off on my plans. And Mark says, did you get everything up to code? Long, uncomfortable pause on Ron's face. Long, uncomfortable pause on Mark looking at him. 
long, uncomfortable pause on Ron's face again until finally, yup. Yep. <laughs> it's actually kind of t- high pitched. It is. He, you know, what is, is his tell. He's a terrible yes. liar. I think you're right. I never considered that. I think you're exactly right. Um, so they're they're very angry at each other. Ron thinks, you know, it's my property, my land, my shop. Mark's like, you're asking me to do my job poorly. I ain't doing that. Get out of my office. Yep. So they're just sitting there staring at each other. And Tom comes <laughs> back. Like I said, I thought he was being socially aware. And now it's like, hey, guys, have you seen my gloves pom pom? It fell off. It's somewhere around here. Like, oh, leave it alone, dude. Just go. <clears throat> Well, he may not have been aware to what degree it had flared up as he was out getting his banana. That's true. I hadn't yeah. considered that. And yep. that's not even a euphemism. Okay, so let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, humor. Yeah, you gotta love it. Well, we're in the bullpen next at the Parks Department, and the interview is, uh, I think, wrapping up. And, uh, you know, Andy's enjoying his 15 minutes of fame as he's getting some photographs, I believe. Yeah, yeah. The pho- the photographer uh, or the photographer, as we say, yes, is, uh, is is taking pictures of Andy next to the caged, um, in quote, fairway Frank. Uh, and standing off to one side, Shauna and Leslie are kind of, you know, standing there. Shauna is making small talk with her about Lot 48. And Leslie finally asks Shauna how big of a deal this story will really be. Like, no one's going to care about it, right? And Shauna says, I don't know. You know, everybody loves Rufus. I should make a TV show called that. And and so, you know, it, Rufus got bit. So this could be the front page. I mean, Alan, you remember when that kid went from Pawnee, went to the Olympics. Yeah. I mean, all he did was attend. Yeah, he didn't participate. He just yeah. went there and this front page. So this For is like a two years. Yeah. Oh my this gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So this all makes Leslie more and more uncomfortable. You know, it's going to be a big story and, and Andy's singing a song about the possum frying. And so this is not oh sitting God. very well with her at all. Fairway um, Frank, you're going to die. You're going to fry. You're a guilty son of a bitch. <laughs> you're going to fry when they flip, when they that, flip switch. that switch. That's terrific. <laughs> and, uh, and so just like a, a real quick follow up to this then. So Leslie is very uncomfortable with this. Like we said, she steps out into the courtyard and she's pacing and she's visibly troubled, you know, yeah. and yeah. then. We see on the other side of the courtyard, April opens the door to wherever the heck she walked to to cool off, I guess. And you see April come outside into the courtyard and Leslie approaches April. Oh, April, April, April. And ask her for her input and finally revealing to her that she saw another possum. So April, clearly very, clearly still mad at Andy, seems very interested in supporting anything that might discredit the possum capture and therefore Andy. Yep. But she's not pissed. No, 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 no. She loves possums on account of they're they're adorable. so cute. Yeah. yeah, I love Leslie's whale analogy. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you know if 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 you uh, you know if, while you're catching this whale, there may be another whale. You know, uh, but then you know maybe it's not a whale. Maybe it's a big fish. Maybe it's a submarine with a face painted on it. <laughs> oh my god! I know that's my Ahab. Yeah. Yep. Oh gosh, everybody's got their own Ahab for sure. Yup. Yeah. Back in the bullpen, Andy's pretty pleased with himself, but someone else is totally over it. 
Yeah, yeah. I think this is just a tad bit later. April is at her desk and it looks like she's putting a few things in her purse or whatever, like she's getting maybe ready to take off. But Andy walks up to her uh, talking about the photo shoot and I nailed it and I'm awesome. And, and you know, and they're, they're going to email the photos to me in you know, six hours or so. You want to wait with me? And April says, uh, yeah, I can't. It sounds great. I can't because I have to go do something that actually matters and walks off and Andy's like, oh, like that, that penetrated even his thick skull. Like I think he finally understood foot. he's in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> At first, though, he's just like, man, our happy reactions are super different. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. That last love, part sunk in. I love dumb Andy. I do, too. Well, I think now we're finally going to bounce back over to the golf course. And this time we're at Joe's office. Joe's apparently the manager of Pawnee Municipal. And Leslie and Ann are having a brief meeting with him. Nope. And Leslie yeah. and April are having a brief meeting with him. Yeah, this is uh, the, the they're visiting the, the, the course, the golf course manager, Mr. Joe Campo Piano. Love I'm not it. sure what that translates to in Latin. Something piano. Um, and, and they're talking to him about the possum. You know, they're like, you know, Fairway Frank is like, oh, yeah, that little rascal. I know him. And and they give him three photos and say, well, we just want to verify, you know, we want to identify him. Can you verify if this is Fairway Frank? And he just looks at him for like a second, goes, yep, that's him. And then, you know, dun, dun, dun. The twist is Leslie reveals, sir, these are three different photos. And right. she kind of waits for that to sink in. And he goes, huh. Hey, do you guys want something to drink? Like, doesn't doesn't phase him at all. Not a and bit. Like to to, to punctuate this, uh, Mike from maintenance enters Joe Campo Piano's office and says, "Hey, there's a, a possum wandering around on the 14th green. Uh, should we call animal control again?" He's like, "Yep." So Leslie looks very disillusioned at this. Like clearly nobody seems to care about her news except for her and April because. I guess the possums are adorable and she's not pissed at Andy at all. Well, L Leslie's in the middle of a morality play here and nobody else seems to be taking it seriously except her. So she's a little worried. Right. Well, back at the bullpen, you know, the animal control department has finally arrived to take away fairway Frank. There, there, there's a good deal of this that's that's uh, visual, I think. Yeah. But basically, um, there, there's a very funny plan that Leslie puts together with oh. April that, you know, the high points are, you know, she wants to distract everybody while april does a snatch and grab on the cage and and leaves do we do we have a, a clip of this by chance we do have a clip hold on oh my god those idiots are here from animal control they're going to take it away okay we need a little bit more time to figure out the truth look i have an idea i'm going to distract everybody and then you get that possum out of here can you do that, April? April, can you do that? Can you get the possum out of here? Can you sneak it out of here? April, can you do it? Can you do it? Please, April, tell me you can do yes, it. Yes, yes, I can do it. God. I can't kill the possum because it might be innocent. I can't let the possum go because it might be guilty. Can't make a good soup. Can't do a handstand in a pool. Can't spell the word lieutenant. There's a lot of can'ts in my life right now. Oh, boy, do I know how she feels. A lot of, lot of can'ts. Yeah, that, of can'ts. that stupid lieutenant. That, mm. That has haunted me for years. Yep. So they, they put together this uh, great uh, plan uh, that Leslie's going to distract them by faking an injury. And, uh, you know, she's very crafty, Leslie is, and she uses the things in her environment, which apparently by the coffee stand, I thought this was interesting. You have your typical uh, condiment that you usually use in coffee, which is ketchup. 
So uh, there's a bottle of ketchup there, and she just puts a little bit uh, on her wrist and says, uh, "I, I, oh my, I am bleeding. Look at <laughs> my wrist, I am bleeding." And and um, this gets everyone's attention just because of how weird it is. I think not that they're too concerned, although right. Jerry's a little bit concerned at first. And, and yeah, April does. April does the snatch and grab, and you know she gets out of there, and. Yeah, it, this is weird because Jerry like has a somewhat sweet moment where she jumped because he's right there by the coffee station. Yeah. And so when Leslie announces this, he immediately pops up and goes, oh, my gosh, Leslie, are you know, are you OK? And <laughs> then Donna and the burnouts, you know, come over like, what? what's happening? And Donna looks at it and goes, that's ketchup. And Leslie's like, oh, it, which I mean, it's embarrassing for Leslie, but she didn't care because now April's out of there. So right. it worked. And it then, worked. And then that would be enough of like, oh, silly me, it's ketchup. And then Jerry just kind of thinks, uh, you know, hey, I'm trying to be helpful. I'd better make sure. So he Let's leans sure. over, kind of gets his face dangerously, weirdly close to Leslie's wrist and kind of sniffs it, <laughs> licks it a little bit. <laughs> like, oh, Jerry. Uh, oh, what's wrong man. with you? Oh, my God. Well, Mark, at the end of this, there's a real short thing where I believe April is hanging out at Anne's house with Fairway Frank. And uh, th- this really made me laugh. And so, yeah, we, we see April on the couch with the the caged uh, Fairway Frank next to her, you know, on the couch. And both of them are chilling, as you do. And they're watching uh, some sort of nature, uh, wildlife uh, documentary show. And we, we, we kind of listen to the person talking. We can tell it's about meerkats. And meerkats do sentry and meerkats forage for food. And, and it's so meerkat April, manor. It's meerkat From, manor. Yeah. And, and, and so April just kind of uh, conversationally <laughs> turns to uh, Fairway Frank or whoever that is and says, hey, uh, do you know them? <laughs> <laughs> you all must know each other. You're from the same animal kingdom. I know. <laughs> well, back in Leslie's office, Evelyn is, uh, you know, encouraging Leslie to finish this job. Yeah, she, uh, Evelyn Rauchland from the mayor's office, uh, she has arrived and she is mad that uh, the uh, that Fairway Frank has somehow, quote, disappeared. And Leslie tries to explain that they're not sure it's Fairway Frank, but like just about everybody else, Evelyn does not care. She doesn't care. And, and she wants to use this for A, publicity, and B, to, appears, to appease Mayor Gunderson, who... Apparently, he just wants to stuff it and hang it. He doesn't want to have sex with it, though, right? No, he's not a monster. But what he does want to do is just do what normal people would want to do, which oh, is sure. stuff it and hang mm-hmm. it above the urinal in yep. his office bathroom so that on account of little flecks of uh, pee can get on it forever <laughs> and ever and ever. Thank God he's not a monster. LOL and yuck. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh, and and so he, he, he tries to get Leslie to tell, like, where's the possum? And Leslie nervously refuses. So I, I can, you know, you can tell she's really, really uncomfortable holding out and lying or not lying, but, you know, holding out, even though no one else cares. But she's sticking to her guns. No. Oh, wow. Well, in the next scene, you know, I think Leslie's still a little worried about this. She's on her computer and, uh, you know, Tom's there next door and, you know, he's he, this is, I think, where he's actually practicing on his little putting green. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah, we see Leslie looking up. Um, it looks like just various animal attack stories where the animal in question ends up getting put down. Um, 
and Tom has his ridiculous golf clothes on and he's practicing his putting on a fake green, you know, the hard worker he is. And Tom's uh, desk phone rings and he answers it and he hears April say, you know, Tom, Tom, it's April. The, the possum got loose. The possum got loose in Ann's house and I need your help. And, and but don't tell Leslie. And Tom, strangely enough, you like you wouldn't think Tom would be good under pressure, but he calmly tells her you got it. And, and hangs up the phone and just immediately turns to Leslie and says, Hey, possum got loose at Ann's house and just continues <laughs> practicing his golf. And Leslie immediately like, Oh my God, gets up and heads right over there. Oh boy. Yeah. He, he, he is also good under pressure, but also just doesn't care. You know, that's true. It's easy to be better under pressure when you don't care. I think I'm going to try that Mark. Oh, I think that that's, that's genius. There's something there. Yup. I agree. Well, from here, we're back at Ann's house. You know, Leslie's now arriving in response to April's distress call. And we're going to quickly find out what's going on. <laughs> she she rings the door up. And April says this, they're making him mad and making him mad. Stop and pulls her inside. And, um, you know, she asks April what happened because, you know, what the heck? And April's uh, <laughs> April's nonstop phrases. I let it out of its cage because it needed water and I thought it would just drink out of the toilet or something, but then it ran off and I couldn't get it back in. And then I opened up all the doors because I thought it would just go outside, but it won't leave the house. It must love tacky pictures of flowers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. And they, they try to brainstorm a solution at this point and then bum, bum, bum. They both realize that they've lost sight of the possum oh and we God. see Leslie and April and apparently the cameraman all whirl around in different directions and they're now looking for it all over the place. And Leslie's like, okay, 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 let's go outside. But when they turn around to go outside, bum, 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 they see a very bored and docile possum walking around behind them and they both scream and panic and go into Ann's bedroom and lock themselves in, which is the right approach. It clearly is. That thing is so menacing as it doesn't even notice them at all. <laughs> it kind of yawns. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. yawns. Yeah. Well, we bounce back over to Ron's workshop and Ron is using both halves of the code book to try to figure out how to get, I think, his, his shop up to snuff here. You know, I don't know why I didn't catch that until like the second time I saw uh, this episode. It makes like me laugh every time. He, he's because he's clearly frustrated and upset that Mark is sticking to his guns and he's yeah. making him, you know, upgrade his shop. So gosh, darn it. He has to pour through this stupid, stupid, huge book of <laughs> municipal codes, which is now even more difficult because well, yeah. he had sought it in half and now he is trying to yeah. reintegrate. <laughs> it's like saloon doors. You know, you got to open the top and then the bottom and then the top and then the bottom, you know, turning oh, a page is a two-step ap operation now. That is so funny. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Ron is not happy. And then we hear Mark knock loudly on, I think, a wood container or something to kind of announce his entrance once more into Ron's uh, haven. And I think Ron at first thinks Mark is just going to hound him like, you're not done right. yet. And, and he warns like, look, look, I haven't even started yet. But Mark actually tells him uh, that he's actually come over as his friend to help him get his wood shop up to code. Um and there's there's a couple of lines here at the end that I really like, you know, Ron, I think Ron appreciates what Mark's doing, but he still feels like he has to have like a little say, like he's, I just want you to know that I still don't think city codes. And Mark shows 
which he has in this episode, Mark shows some backbone and goes, Ron, shut up. Would you, I'm, I look, I'm your friend, right? I'm taking a half day off work to come and help you out. So just shut up. We're like, Oh, okay. (laughs) And then I think Ron tries to even say like, okay, I'm going to have a talking head and Mark's not going to know. And he's telling, he's telling the camera and us, he's telling us, well, no, I'm bringing my workshop. I'm bringing my workshop up to the Swanson code. And you know, if the Swanson code happens to overlap with the city government code and in the background, we hear Mark (laughs) shut up. And you see Ron kind of flinch. Like he can tell Mark's kind of mad. <laughs> He's kind of pissed. <laughs> that was great. Well, in the next scene, we're back at Ann's house and April and Leslie are still totally freaked out. And the possum is clearly raging at them or not. Raging or just maybe kind of rolling over and taking a nap. It's really hard to tell <laughs> in these in these tense, tense situations. Um, yeah. Leslie and April are still holed up in Anne's bedroom with the doors locked. They're still under the covers. They're huddled up under the blankets, scared of the possum getting them. Um, you know, who knows what possum may have laid eggs in what bed? <laughs> it's hard to tell at this point. Oh my God. Um, Leslie finally suggests that they call Andy for reinforcements because, you know, he tackled the possum before. Maybe well, sure. he could do it again. Yeah. And April kind of has a moment here where she pleads with him not to call him. He said, he's going to be pissed at me. I already ruined his big day. It's my fault. It's in a, it's in Ann's house who he's still <laughs> obviously in love with. And I just, mm-hmm. I just don't want him to be mad at me. This kind of it's that's very very telling for April. You don't see her no, opening gosh. up the kimono up. at at all. Yeah, not at all. Do you think this is the first time that Leslie kind of you know because Leslie is not always fully in tune with everybody because she's so busy you know pr- running this this very busy life of hers doing all these things. Do you think this is the first time that Leslie recognizes that April is in love with Andy? I, I think that that's spot on. You know, if, if uh, Leslie were a D and D character, as we all know, I don't know if her, uh, <laughs> I don't know if her wisdom role would, uh, would, you know, give her a high intuition here. So yeah, I, I don't think that, I think you're spot on. I don't think Leslie's realized it until right now. It's like, Oh, and then she gets it. I, and she I, said, I, I agree with you agreeing with me. And that was so nerdy. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> and I, I think she ends it by saying, all right, you know what? Would, let's do it your way. Like, we don't have to call Andy. We'll call animal control. Right. Um, which they better hurry because the end of that scene, you hear the kind of. Yeah. And clearly the possum is attacking them. Oh, my God. Well, I believe in the next scene, we're back at City Hall. It's the next day. And Mark arrives in his office to find a surprise. And Andy's about to attempt an apology. Yeah, I, I kind of thought of this scene as, uh, you know, relationships are mended. Kind of, you know, like Mark enters his office in the yep. morning and he turns on the lights and you kind of see him stop startled and the camera swivels to where Mark is looking. And apparently on his desk is a giant wooden canoe with a <laughs> bow on top. And Mark is clearly surprised to see this. And Mark kind of looks across the courtyard into Ron's office because I guess they can see each other through the windows there. Right. And and we see Ron looking at Mark and smile and give him kind of the pumping fist sign. And Mark kind of like, okay, and salutes him in return. So that's nice. I think they've kind of mended fences a, a little bit there. Well, they have. And, you know, Ron's clearly appreciative of Mark, you know putting himself out there, taking his half day off, helping him out, you know, not just being the code, you know, enforcer person, you know, I, 
I'll tell you the problem I have with this. One, I'm jealous too, because I really, really, really want this canoe. I know. Uh, and two, that there's a proportionality thing here. You know, I think that's a Starbucks gift card. Thank you. Uh, maybe a nice one, 20 bucks, you know, but uh, this canoe, by the way, it's called the Huckleberry. <laughs> It's on it's on OffermanWoodshop.com. I've looked at it many times. It's one of five or six different canoes. You're such a nerd. I, okay, but, if, but not yet. I'm about to be, though. It's 17 foot, right? Oh. It's got a 35-inch beam, which is a nice-sized canoe, by the way. Uh, you know, it's made out of cedar, and it's got a fiberglass epoxy and varnish finish. Um, this thing, I'm going to tell you, is easily, easily... Ten to fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, several grand. Yeah. So again, uh, very cute. I like you know because again he he kind of offered him the canoe earlier and you know for Ron maybe it's no big deal to whip one of these guys out. I don't know about that though. For the see, rest of us mortals, it's a pretty big deal. See, you, you bring up an interesting point though, and, and I'm going to bring this up. Remind me to bring this up when we get into uh, tropes. I have All something right, to say about enough. that. And then we also see. At April's at her desk, you know, the next morning, and we see Andy cautiously approach her, and he clearly knows that she was angry with him. Mm -hmm. And so he kind of does a very, for him, this is an an impressive trifecta of, I guess, I'm sorry's or trying to mend fences. Mm -hmm. So he, he says, so I feel like you were mad at me yesterday, and I don't know why. So first... I made a list of everything I did, and I'm going to try to not do any of them again. <laughs> Aren't ambitious, but you know what? Kind of hey, sweet. It's a process, Mark. It's a process. This make, this, if you watch April, this makes her smile a little. Second in the trifecta, also, I got you this coffee. Again, that's kind of sweet. You know, yeah. just it's kind yeah. of a reflection of what she's yeah. done for him. Puts the Fair coffee around. down on her desk. She's, she smiles a little bit more and picks it up. And third in the trifecta, and then there's this. And he hands her uh, the uh, edition of the Pawnee Journal and points her out to the fourth paragraph down. And then this ends with an April talking head of her reading this fourth paragraph down as a voiceover. She's at her desk. She's reading it, uh, you know, quietly. uh, And and she says, you know, but Dwyer had some help catching the possum. Andy Dwyer, quote, I wouldn't have been able to do it without an early morning caffeine boost from the amazing April Ludgate. She gave me the liquid courage I needed to wrestle that beast to the ground, end quote. And at the end of this, I think we kind of see April back to her rare for her, but typical of her with Andy kind of smiling, kind of like, you know, in a somewhat good mood. So I I think, you know, again, fences have been mended here. Yep. I agree. After that scene, we're back in Leslie's office and, you know, Evelyn is back and she is sharing her disappointment with Leslie. Yeah. She's definitely disappointed. Uh, You know, long story short, you know, she tries one more time to say, well, where is the possum? Leslie won't tell her. Evelyn takes her card back and thus the special favor and and leaves. And um, we we end during a very nice Leslie talking head, kind of a voiceover uh, where she's she's confidently defending her actions. And, And one of the many things that we see going on in the background during this voiceover is that there is surprise, surprise, a new exhibit at the Pawnee Zoo for Frank the Possum. Uh, And we see a sign on the exhibit, I think Alan says, uh, this animal on loan from A. Dwyer. Right. That's terrific. That was nice. Yeah, Yeah. I like it too. Yeah. 
Well, look, you know, Mark, she needs to be able to live with herself. And, you know, someday she's going to be at a gala honoring the first three male presidents in history, herself and two other people she's inspired, right? And she yep, wants to be wearing right. a beautiful blue hat as well. <laughs> Which And she will. Yeah, it made me laugh. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> well, Mark, after this, I think all that's left is the kicker. We're back at Anne's house and Anne has returned and uh, is kind of settling up with April at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's just a, a little small talk. An interesting thing here is, uh, you know, whenever I've house-sitted for someone, I don't yeah. ask a random person to be there with me, but Leslie's with her for some reason. And I honestly wasn't sure why th this was plot-wise, but whatever, it's funny. It doesn't matter. It's funny. So, yeah. So April, or, uh, Anne is uh, just having small talk with April, like, you know, hey, uh, thanks for giving me back the house keys. Uh, did the neighbors give you any problems? Um, and then apropos of nothing apparently leslie cracks under the self-induced pressure oh of keeping secrets from her bestie Anne. yeah and this is her non-stop you know uh, uh mouth <laughs> vomiting she uh, uh, possum there's a possum we captured a possum and we brought it into your house and it got out and it might have laid eggs in your bed and it what? went into your laundry and your kitchen and it, it touched all your your bras <laughs> and, and I'm so sorry and it's our fault and we captured it and it got out and it ran around and it was a possum. Uh, okay, April, run, run, April. Sorry, I love you. And which oh there, there's God. so much about that I love. I think maybe my favorite part is she she blurted all this out like she's gonna she's confessing this yeah and then she turns like they're part of a bank heist and tells april to run right like i can't wrap my head around that i don't know what ann is gonna do that you know <laughs> they need to run off of the property but you know right well that's a pretty good wrap-up of that episode mark you know what? I think we should take a real quick break and then we'll come back we'll talk first tropes fun facts all that fun stuff score this thing and then go home Sounds like a plan, man. Let's do it. All right. We'll be right back, everybody. Hello, this is Ron Swanson. If you are like me, then you appreciate handcrafted quality goods. I am sure there are some of you who are fine with particle board furniture and other such mass-produced items. While this is fine for a college student whose primary substance is ramen noodles and Pabst Blue Ribbon, I prefer the beauty of natural wood and a good bottle of old scotch whiskey. To find such items, including handmade wooden whiskey coasters, I highly recommend that you go to the internets using the screen of your choice and visit OffermanWoodshop.com. Tell them Ron sent you. Thank you. That is all. All right, everybody. Well, we're back. Well, Mark, you know, I think at this point, real quick, I'll talk about deleted scenes. We mentioned a few of them here, especially some of the funnier ones. There were a couple that I thought here really stood out, and I kind of wish they'd been able to keep in this episode. Um, in total, we had 15 deleted scenes running about five minutes and eight seconds, I think, total. One of my favorites was the... Um, <laughs> Leslie, at, at some point during the show, and I don't remember where, I mean, I know when it was in the deleted scenes, but I'm not exactly sure where it was intended to go. Usually, sometimes that's really obvious. I think this is one of those where it could have gone a couple places. But Leslie's got this card from Evelyn, you know, and she's, 
she she says, I wonder if I could trade this card in and get three more. Oh, <laughs> she, yeah. She thinks they're wishes from a genie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think that's <laughs> after... Uh, I think that's after they captured Fairway Frank, but right about when the uh, Pawnee Journal is interviewing them. Because she I still has the right. card and she's not yeah. disillusioned totally yet. Not quite yet. I think you're exactly right. <laughs> the other one that made me laugh was, you know, Tom is at the shoe shine stand and he's getting his shoes, his golf shoes, right? Oh, yeah. Full on spikes, one inch spikes yep. getting polished by Andy. And they're already pretty shiny, apparently. But, you know, Tom can never be too shiny. <laughs> they finished their little exchange and then Tom's like, hey, come to the club with me. And, you know, Andy's like, yeah, I don't think that that's my scene tonight. He's like, fine, more biddies for me. Yep. No biddies was the words, but now I do. <laughs> and then on the on the heels of trying to be so cool, he slowly, gently kind of creeps down the steps of the shoe shine. And then you hear this click, click. Click and it's his, his little basic steel toes walking away in his golf shoes. It just it made me giggle. Yeah, the way he was walking in those shoes was reminiscent of like a a, a, a cute little old man just kind of shuffling yes. away. Yeah, yep. the old man from Up. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. right. Yeah, a little Disney ref there. Nice. Yeah, for the, for the youngins. For the youngins. Mm-hmm. How about you, Mark? Anything else worth mentioning in the deleted scenes for you? I don't think so. I, the one that was very memorable, we already kind of covered with the variety of signs that was outside of Ron's house. Oh, yeah. um, th- there were a few that were funny, but, you know, overall, I, I get why they cut them. You know, oh, the, the I remember the other one. Sorry. What? I, no, I no, remember what? the other one that made me laugh. And, and I think I turned a little flush on this one. But there's a little there's a second instance of Dirty Donna, as I called it this week. So did you catch this one? She says, hey, Andy. Uh, you caught that possum. Why don't you come over to my house? I've got one living under my house. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. You can look downstairs. <laughs> yeah. And she's totally like, and you know how Andy hasn't picked up on April yet. I don't think he's picking up on what Donna's laying down here either. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I did see that. And thank you for bringing it up because I had forgotten it. But holy yeah. cow. Yeah. Those are a yeah. couple of good Donna moments. Of course, yeah. only as we know, and as the audience knows, uh, are the viewers oh, at home, God. only one of them is canon. And so the other is in a fictitious universe where Pawnee, uh, you know, doesn't actually exist. Whereas the other one that does. Oh, my Lord. Okay. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> That's our cue to move on. Yep. Well, from a first tropes and goofs and fun facts perspective, I did not have a lot this week. I normally capture a little more. I had some firsts and a couple of fun facts. How about you, Mark? Yeah, I, I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, you know, I, I I usually can reliably at this point produce a PBJ moment, a punching bag Jerry, because it, it, it has become so funny and so consistently uh, a, a doable. I think they enjoy writing them that it, it's pretty common for them to be in episodes. The only one that even threatened to come close to a PBJ moment was when Jerry very oddly sniffed and licked Leslie's wrist, uh, wrist trying oh, to prove ketchup. to himself yeah. that it was uh, ketchup and not blood. Um, and so not only did I not want to call that a PBJ moment, I'm, I'm struggling with maybe there needing to be another trope. Another trope? What do you mean? Well, because there there are a lot of times when Jerry has gotten the the the, the short end of the stick through no real real fault of his own like maybe he screws up like a little bit but then they turn it into a big you know make a mountain out of a molehill blah 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 so that's 
tech, you know, a typical PBJ. But in this case, I think there's another trope where there are genuinely times where Jerry acts in a weird or bumbling or stupid manner where it's like, dude, come on. You weird know? and awkward, Jerry? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, I'll buy that. So, so watch. A watch. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's really memorable. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on that acronym for next week. You know, I realize as we're finishing this segment that not everything fits into nice three-letter acronyms. It you can't not. force it. It has to be organic. Yeah, agreed. Well, you know, I, I, I will bring up deleted again very briefly to say that there are two Jerry references that are PBJ-ish in the in the deleted scenes. Hmm. One is there's basically a talking head of Tom explaining what he likes about golf and the clothing and Tiger Woods, who's his hero. And he basically says, you know, when Tiger does something wrong, you know, he he's doing it as Tiger, which is stupid. Every time I'm trying to get away with something, I just tell them I'm Jerry from the Parks Department. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's a little PBJ. Sure. Um, yep. And then there's another one when Leslie is so frustrated over, you know, what's happening with maybe Fairway Frank, maybe not Fairway Frank, <clears throat> that she says, you know, um, <laughs> we we should just go out and smear Jerry with pepperoni and see if the possum will bite him. <laughs> but that won't work because that would be entrapment. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, she's not wrong. She's not wrong. So another kind of PBJ and another kind of funny deleted scene. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. What else did you have on uh, on on any first here, Mark? Well, for first, I, I said, um, and these are maybe ones that you have too, Alan. I, I had uh, first of seeing the inside of Ron's Haven, Ron's home. Yes, sir. I had that. Uh, the, the, the other two first had to do with animal control. So one yeah. is we have introduced animal control onto the scene, yeah. I think. Period. I don't, no, I, you're right. I didn't think we, we've we handled it before, but 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 it's definitely a first of is the the wonderful, awesome yes. duo of the burnout employees, Harris uh, and Brett. Yes. So um, th those are the only first I had. I had the exact same first and, you know, just Harris Whittles and Colton Dunn as as again, Harris and uh, Brett. Just fabulous. Just love those guys. Nice. Yep. Colton and then, Dunn from Superstore, as you already said. I know. I know. And and he's so different in that role. It's just, you know, he's he's like a totally different guy. So it's I kind of am able to suspend disbelief a little bit and enjoy them as separate characters. Yeah, yeah me too. Good acting. I think the only other thing I had here was really kind of more of a fun fact. You know, you'd mentioned Ron's wood shop. You know, in real life, they actually used the Offerman wood shop, which is a real place where, you know, I think um, not not Ron, of course, but, you know, the guy who plays him, Nick Offerman, uh, the awesome Nick Offerman. He operates an actual wood shop and um, they apparently dressed it up a little bit to make it look kind of like a neglected, you know, shop that a libertarian Ron Swanson might own. But it's a real life place. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Any other fun facts on your side? I had I had one. Uh, I stole this from from the Wikipedia. Nah. Um, that you know, Rashida Jones. Uh, you know, Anne was not in this episode very much. You know, obviously, you know, they, the story has her as taking a trip away. Blah blah blah. So she was in it like a little bit, but that she it. was not in the last so episode at all. At all. And. And that's exactly right. And the reason why she was barely in this episode and not at all in the last episode, Woman of the Year, is because she was filming scenes for David Fincher's film, The Social Network. Ah, there you go. I never saw that movie. Yeah, fun fact. Yeah. 
I didn't either. Oh, hmm. there you go. That's a movie we might have to put on that Oops. list. I think you're right. Yeah. Like the party. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, Mark, should we move into our scoring then? Yeah, let's let's score this sucker. Let's um, do it. So who do you want to go first? What do you think? Um, I'll go first. Okay. What do you think? That surprised I'll, I'll you, didn't buy you? Into that. You weren't expecting that. I'll, I'll buy... I was, I expected you to zig and then you zagged. So yeah, yeah you that's go. what I'm all about today, buddy. <laughs> all right, here we go. So I, I think just kind of looking at the episode at a high level, you know, I kind of have been, I, I, I've patternized my approach a lot more than I realized I was. And I think that's why I finally had the confidence to go first this week. I mean, I don't do any of your crazy scoring shenanigans, you know, I'm going to leave that to you, but I still make up my Heaven's score. Though. Yeah, but- Here's what kind of goes into the score, right? I, I kind of look at, you know, we, we've talked about how great a cast this is and this, you know, the concept of how good the bench use was, I think is something we both factor yep. into our scores. I feel like this was good use of the bench. Um, you know, I think it was a little light in a couple areas. Uh, and you can see that if they'd thrown in a couple of those deleted scenes, it probably would have been even more balanced. But I thought it was pretty good um, overall. You know, Leslie, again, here she is. She's kind of the people pleaser. She's kind of by her own her own ambition trying to you know get ingratiate herself with the mayor's office and then coming up with this kind of moral conundrum about whether she's uh, going to execute the correct vermin or not um, you right. know Ron hysterically being a libertarian to the bone um, you know, just all of the signage and the attitude and the cutting the the, the code book in half um, I don't know I, I like and you know there weren't I think a ton of like super super funny Ron lines as much as there was a, a lot of funny Ron behavior in this one but I really enjoyed mm. it personally I felt like Andy just had some really, really knocked down funny lines. It was a funny, funny Andy episode. Again, I think if I had assigned points to it, I would have taken some away for that. <clears throat> Shauna, I swear to God, I she made me mad because she put the seed of doubt in Andy's head there again, and he didn't need it. He was finally in camp April yep. and... Mm. You know, that annoyed me and I know it annoyed you. So I'm anxious to hear how you talk about it. You know, I think April has clearly here expressed that she's jealous of Anne, um, you know, and, and maybe not really done that before, at least out loud or, you know, vocalized it in any way and certainly not to a Leslie or anyone else. Um, I thought also thought it was interesting that, you know, in the very bit, brief bit that Anne is in, she's kind of got this idea that she wants to win April over while well, April ain't having it. So that's going to continue. Right. Well, that's going to be a, that's kind of a trope, I guess we neither of us talked about it, but that is the beginning of that trope, the April Anne trope. So we did see a little bit of it here. That's true. Yep. Um, you know, Mark, I, I liked here that Mark takes his job seriously. He had some funny little things, but he also just stood his ground, didn't take any of Ron's crap. Um, and, you know, basically said, you know, I'm not, you know, we're friends, but I'm not going to, that's not going to make me not do my job. I just, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. And I thought outside of Leslie, she's that this is a really the only other time I think somebody's really taken their, their job seriously. And I think that's something that she and Mark, Mark and Leslie have in common that had never really dawned on me before this episode. Well, I don't even know if anyone else other than Leslie and now Mark has stood up to Ron. Well, that's a great point. That's a great point. Um, I felt like Tom was kind of back to being that Tom, so to speak, with a capital that. 
um, you know, take that for what you will. I, it's not my favorite Tom, I guess. Um, but it, it is sometimes funny, <laughs> uh, especially when he was 40 yards away, when Leslie's talking to him over her shoulder, that, that made me laugh for sure. That in the, the little deleted scene I mentioned, um, it was a little light on Jerry this week. Um, but I think we traded him off some great Donna moments. Um, so we've had the inverse of that quite a bit. So I was happy to at least if somebody had to suffer, I was glad to see Donna get a little more screen time and Jerry get a little less here. And and for me, I just felt like overall this episode really made me actually LOL quite a few times. Um, I remembered this episode. I, I think it's one of the funnier ones as we're going to get toward the end of the season here. Um I think if it weren't for the Andy thing and the kind of, you know, kind of falling back to his, you know, thoughts about possibly getting back and reconciling with Anne, I probably would have given this an even higher score. And yet I gave it an 8.5. Wow. So how do you like them apples? I like them apples. <laughs> I, 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 I thought that the, they're Mac I, mm, I like mm. Fuji myself. Yeah. Um, that was, that was pretty good. So here, here's the real review. Okay, um, fair. <laughs> no, I, I thought that you made uh, several good points. Actually, you know I, what I should have done is I should have did. Well, you know what I usually do, uh, viewers at home. I usually take uh, Alan's score and just add something to it. And just go there you go. <laughs> well, I, good. I want to see you do that this week. <laughs> I can't. I, 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 I can't. It's not my makeup. All right. Um, so uh, just I, I looked through the characters as I was thinking about what I liked and didn't like about this episode. So Leslie, you know, I, I mentioned this before. She she stood by her convictions, even though no one else really cared about her moral conundrum. And it, it's it's a subtle point, but good for her. You yeah. know, I, it's it, it didn't amount to a lot, but but good. I like to see that Leslie at play. You know, we said this several times. I like it when she's smart and intelligent and, and moral and kind and sticks to her guns and a little zany, but not overly. And I, I felt like she kind of did a good job with that here. Um, Tom, I like the way that you put it. See, I like when you go first now, now I can just kind of springboard off stuff. You say, I like what you said about Tom being that Tom. And I agree with you that that is not my favorite Tom. I also agree with you. Sometimes it it presents as some funny moments. Um, I'm going to get back to that. Um, Andy, I thought this is a good performance by Chris Pratt for sure. Some great physical comedy, which I'm a, I'm a sucker for uh, yep. when done right. Uh, I thought he had some really nice interactions with April and some other stuff I'll get to in a second. Um, April, I, I liked April's growth here. I, I liked, as you said, she she kind of opened up her kimono a little bit and and kind of admitted you know, a little bit of a human side with a human head, as we say. Yeah, uh, yeah that she she cares for Andy. She's she's jealous of of Anne. And I I really really like that the the grim uh, uh, almost non facial expression April that we've gotten so used to seeing. Andy being around here is making her more than just occasionally smile and laugh. And it's like the the fact that she hasn't done that is now making it like thunder when she does. And it's like really noticeable. And I really, really like it. Um, Ron had some extremely funny moments, as you pointed out, either things he said or just behaviors that he had, you know, and and at first he seemed, you know, humorously uh, overbearing. I feel like he, he reined it in a little bit. I like the way that things kind of ended there. So good for him. Um, Mark, showed more backbone in this than he has in the past. And and I like that. It makes him seem like a more interesting character. 
Um, it's it's almost a shame to see Mark grow into someone where I'm like, you know what? I like Mark because now it's like for another six episodes. Um, just saying. Yeah. Um, and you aren't the only one that feel that way. So we'll I, get into that later here in season two. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit in that I, 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 I liked the scene with Donna at the very beginning um, in the, in the cold open. I thought that was, that was great. Now, having said that it was a very, very short quip and it mainly wasn't about Donna. So funny moment. Yes. A lot of Donna lines, not really. It was still, I I give credit for it though. So, so yay for Donna. But the reason I'm bringing this up is with the exception of that, and a little bit of making a fuss over Leslie when she was catching bleeding out. Jerry and Donna weren't really in this very much, and 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 deleted scenes, which aren't canon. Um, you know, so that that's the only reason I'm making this this right. annoying little little disagreement. I, I um, think if if I I'll give you that if you'll give me that in my my representation, I think I was including the deleted scenes. Yes, I, I do. I do agree with you there. Like yeah. if, if they had included the deleted scenes, I yeah. think that I would have had more tropes like PBJ. So yeah, I, I do agree fair. with that. But yeah. be, because, you know, I'm going to go off of the way that the show was when it was broadcast in its entirety. Um, I, I feel like they were a little bit short on the Jerry and Donna moments and, and definitely and for the reasons that we already said. So because of that, did they do I'm going to do a Leslie. Did they do a bad job of, of using their comedic bench? No. Did they do a, a great job? No, it, it, it was okay. I, I I give them some credit. I think outside of a couple shortfalls, there was proportionality that we don't always see. I think generally, yeah. you know, you can you can really load up a Leslie character, or load up a Ron. I'd say there was a pretty good distribution of lines and funny and moments across many characters that we don't always see, and I think that's maybe part of what happened here for me as well. I would agree with that. I like I, I like that Mark got a little bit more screen time, particularly yeah. when he can be a more interesting character. Yeah. So I'll yeah, I agree with that. So <clears throat> overall thoughts about the episode, just real quick. I, there were several for me, this is this is a personal preference thing, I guess. I don't know how else to to say this. I agree with you that there were several funny LOL moments in this episode, but for some reason, and I don't know why. Neither of the two main stories really resonated with me. Like, I think that the, to a degree, the political satire was just kind of lost on me. A- again, I don't know why. I'm not saying they did a horrible job with it. It just, meh, it's just the, the, the personal preference, I guess. It, it wasn't, wasn't, weren't my favorite stories, even though there were a lot of funny moments, if that makes sense. You're, um, you're basically saying that, you know, it the sum is less than the the pieces in it that were included in it i i guess so i mean yeah. like th- there are a lot of episodes we've seen where i really enjoy the story as as silly as that sounds they do a good job the writers no, are fair. very very talented and i enjoy you know when the plot takes a twist or when they advance this plot line or the story and leah you know, like we've said i just like sometimes hanging out with these goofballs in in pawnee as just the universe that they've created there are other times when i really like the lol moments this is one of those episodes where i feel like i like the lol moments and the actual story was eh. yeah all right well, we're know. learning a lot about you today mark you you hate animals <laughs> and uh <laughs> you are you're a blind follower of your government so congratulations 
Uh, uh, nailed yeah. it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so th- I, I like the developing relationship also between Mark and Ron. You know, as we've said, you know, Mark's yeah. character can be a bit bland. But yeah, first of all, he's shown more backbone, as we said. And the other thing is, I feel like he has someone to work, something to work off of when he's paired with someone a little bit more eccentric like mm-hmm. Ron. You know, that's why I think the, him and and is a little bit of a bland on bland sandwich. So it's just meh. Yeah. Um, well, it's okay. Somebody's going to take that sandwich away in a minute. So it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the waitress is going to come by. Are you done with yeah. that? Yes. Yeah, yes, we right. are. Um, so uh, Brendana whisked that away. Um, so, yeah. I, I, the, so speaking of uh, bland on bland, uh, I think that unfortunately we are, this is my opinion. I could be wrong. We are seeing how much the show doesn't need Anne dot, 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 or at least this permutation of Anne. Because in my opinion, in both this episode and the prior episode, Woman of the Year, Anne was pretty much absent. And yet, in my opinion, it didn't really affect the show that much. And and I like Rashida Jones a lot. I think she can be really charming. I think she can do a good job. And yet they they need to do something more interesting with her. I think for us to see a nine, a nine and a half or a 10, it's going to take the whole cast at their best, good distribution of, of lines and opportunity for people to really show their talent. Good and story. The story is just going to have to be a really knockdown good story for for everything to come together. I think that's what I think we're, we would agree on that. I would. Yes. I, yes, definitely. OK. Um, the last point I would want to make is, you know, Alan, I was just sitting here musing as is my won't. And uh, I was thinking to myself, um, I, I want to create a machine. Yeah. Um, that not only lets me travel back in time, well, but sure, also makes uh, fictitious universes come to life because on account of then I can go back to Pawnee in 2010 and give Andy a big smack on the head. Um, you know, I <laughs> maybe the writers are trying to make this. A possibility of getting back together with Anne, uh, you know, some sort of a, a will they won't they, or maybe they're trying to make it part of his like journey or his mental struggle or whatever. I, I don't know. I don't know what the writers had in mind, but personally, I am so tired of it and I will immediately rebel immediately against any further introduction of this school of thought. As a matter of fact, I thought about it and to quote old Gus when Andy oh, took over to, to when Andy took over the shoe shine stand. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> that's that's how I feel about this, and that's going to be my reaction from now on when they go back to this Andy and Anne thing. I say fair. I I feel like we're about to enter a reasonably safe zone where there's not a lot of opportunity for fair to happen again. Good I, I Lord think. To have. I hope I, so. Yeah. I I I I maybe I'm misremembering because I'll be honest. Until I rewatched this, I had forgotten this late entry into that the contest that neither of us want to see happen. So <laughs> yeah, um, we'll see. We will see. I agree. So all that prattling on. Now I'm just going yeah, to give me score. a damn score. <clears throat> so get, come on the score already, man. All right. So th- this the story didn't really resonate with me, but it's not bad. So I, I gave this a three and a half base score, you know, okay. decent plot, but meh. Um, so some bonus points here. I'm going to give um, half point for the return of uh, the tweep. Uh, Cause I, I do like her as a character. Um, I'm going to give half a point for the awesome Pawnee most wanted pest list. That's just freaking awesome. That's pretty bad. Matter of fact, Alan, uh, over your shoulder there, and I can see that. Uh, so I, I, that does my heart proud that you have that up. I did. Um, I posted it this week. I, uh, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk about it much, but there were there were such funny additions to it that um, I think you know everyone should download it, print it out, put it on your wall. You won't be sorry. 
I mean, so, Jangle Bo Jingles makes the whole poster worth it. I love it. And that is one so, angry cat. It is. It really yeah. is. Yeah. So we got, so again, three and a half base score, uh, half point for the tweep, uh, half point for the most wanted pest list. Um, another half point for what I felt were really nice physical comedy moments across the board. Well done. Yeah. Another half point for Leslie and April getting chased by the possum, which I just thought was awesome and ridiculous all at once. Um, half point for the nice introduction to animal control, particularly Harris and Brett. Um, a half point for getting to see Ron's Haven and Woodshop, which I, I thought was oddly satisfying yeah, uh, to, like to kind of see into Ron's life a little bit, yes. you know, that and peak. I'm, I'm going to give um, a whole point for their ability to, I know this seems cliche, like, you know, sitcoms will create a problem, then they'll wrap it up nicely in 21 minutes, you know, but yeah. I, I felt like they created a couple potential rifts and relationships and they, they, they saw it through to see them actually mended. And I, I kind of like the way they did that. So point for you that. You don't like to be left. So you, I, I do not, I do not. That That's just me. So for me, I think largely because there are just aspects of the story that just didn't resonate with me. And I can't give anything more than just a personal, you know, slant on that. I came up with a final score of 7.5 little Sebastians. So this is, it seems like I've typically been higher than you for a while. I'm, I'm dipping lower here. It's still within the, the Mark Allen uh, point uh, difference uh, maximum, you know, it is um, not the best. I didn't feel like this was the best of the best. I felt like it was not bad. There were still a lot of enjoyable moments and I definitely still recommend people watch it. You know, it occurred. And, and, and I think I, I appreciate your score, Mark. I don't, it's hard to argue with, cause I'll be honest. And I think this happened in the inverse last week. Um, I, 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 I waffled. I felt like somewhere between an eight and an eight and a half. And I went a little high because I think this is one of those weeks. If we were doing quarter points, I might've gone there. Um, you know, that would give us a lot more options It annoy us and everyone else. So we don't do it. Um, I think we either commit or we don't. And this week I just said, darn it, I'm going to commit. Um, I know yep. that this is not as good as other episodes. I will probably give the same 8.5, which is a little weird to say, but I also felt it deserved a little better than last week. So I've kind of said before, I will typically adjust my score based on the score I just gave. And I, I did that here. So I like this episode better than I like last week's. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens next week, though. And especially a couple of weeks after that. That's fair enough. And speaking of next week, we'll be back next week with Park Safety, another great episode from season two. That'd be episode 19. And like I said, we're getting really close to the end of season two here. Oh, I can't wait. There are going to be some awesome episodes coming up. Like we said before, I can't wait. There really are. Well, thanks everybody for joining us and we look forward to talking to you again next week. All right. Bye everyone. Bye everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompawnee.com for more details or to contact us.